My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. I'm joined by my special guest, Brad Littrell, uh, co-founder and CEO of Go Wild, the app and gowild.com as well or it's uh, download gowild.com uh, uh, you were telling me before we started that you guys started in 2016 that's right yeah we started in a basement with some pizza and a couple of guys sitting around uh, and uh, had the idea and worked through it and got that thing launched and we basically built and launched it within a year with 500 bucks <laughs> wow yeah, it took me a little bit to get my podcast up and running. It was about a year, although I was a pro- probably procrastinating just a little bit on my part. But <laughs> I will say there was no procrastinating on getting an app built and launched in that amount of time. I mean, it's a big job, and we didn't even, you know, we started working on it in September of that year together, and then, uh, you know, we all had full time jobs still, and um, found our fourth co-founder by November. So in December, we had our first meeting with all four co-founders. And so really, you know, it was a span of nine months that we actually did everything because the first three months were kind of slow figuring out, you know, who's even going to be on the team. Uh, but then after that, it was just off to the races and, and trying to build as quickly as possible. Uh, that, that was, that's really fast. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm impressed with that. Oh, uh, what made you guys want to start it? I know we we're, we're talking about early, a little before the podcast started about how Facebook and all that were starting to go away from advertising it. But was there anything else deep down in there was getting you guys to start it up? Yeah. So the idea originated around a couple different things. And, you know, I, I went, was working at an ad agency. I wanted to start a business. I had been looking for two years of like, what do I really want to do next with my life? And, you know, put it in research, trying to understand, um, you know, I didn't go to school for business. I didn't go to school for software engineering or anything like that. Um, so I was trying to learn, you know, through podcasts, through books. And while I'm on that journey, I kind of had this observation that Facebook had become more and more anti-hunting, more and more aggressive and more and more allowing people to bully hunters. That was an observation of uh, just from my experiences of wow, I can't believe they allow this, right? Like a lot of it is truly harassing uh, a member on the platform and nothing was been done about that. And I thought that was interesting. But then the thing that like really pulled that idea together was thinking through how hard it is. And this is a different time. 2016 doesn't sound that long ago, but you know, this is really before Meat Eater is what it is now. It's before the hunting public. It's before the born and raised guys on YouTube. And a lot of these hunting podcasts did not exist. And so finding content really like to find someone to help you with something, you went to forums and the forums, they're, they're mean. So if you're new, like you can get chewed out of asking the same question that somebody else asked three days ago, right? Like just read the forums. And it's like, Oh my God, dude, like why are you, why are you such a a jerk right now? Um, You know, the forums were antiquated. They looked like crap and they still do. A lot of these same forums still exist. And, uh, the technology hasn't evolved. And I thought with with all the tech that was out there impossible, it would be really cool if I could have a forum where I could talk to people near me about whitetail hunting. 
or about bass fishing and get regional advice or to be able to connect with people regionally and talk to them and learn from them. Because when I was trying to get better at whitetail hunting, um, I had this period where after college, I kind of got back into hunting and the guns and doing, you know, the outdoor thing again. And, um, as, as I was try I had never whitetail hunted. I had small game hunted and fished growing up and camped and off-roading and all that stuff. But like whitetail hunting was new to me. And so mm -hmm. I spent a few years hunting with a guy who was good at it. And when I wasn't able to hunt with him anymore, I realized I sucked, you know? And so yeah. I, I went online as you do and start trying to learn. But what I found was a, the, the base level of knowledge that you have to have to even be able to engage in a lot of these conversations or to even be able to read an article in like an outdoor life. Sometimes it's not covered. There's nowhere to learn like that lower 30% of things. Like what does it mean to play the wind? You know, if you don't understand, like, uh, you know, it's, obvious if you've been deer hunting for a decade or your whole life yeah um, but when you when you don't know it's like well should the wind be coming at me should it be a crosswind should it be behind me like well, i have no idea like this this sounds really stupid but like first time you go waterfowl hunting you don't really understand how to set up based off what the wind's doing right like that's something you have yeah. to learn from somebody so saw the opportunity to build a platform where i could connect to people regionally to be able to ask those questions because i'm in kentucky and i'm reading forums about deer hunting and, and, and cacti. And I'm like, we don't have cactus here. Like that's totally irrelevant to how I would hunt. Right. I can't yeah. relate to that. Or you would read about deer hunting on, on one of these forums and you're like, dude, they're talking about mule deer. This is not even the same thing, right? It's not even the same species. So yeah. a lot of the motive to, to, to start came from Facebook being very anti-hunting. And the bet there was that we could build a business off of that. Like all this industry is going to get blacklisted, which it has. That's totally happened. And then the, the, you know, so if someone, whoever gets there first will be the platform of the outdoor industry. So that was our business bet. And then just observationally, it was clear that this was not going to be a friendly place for hunters. And we thought we could do better on the tech side of connecting people in a meaningful way. Nah, I'm still trying to learn the app and everything. And I got, I got a, uh, I got one of those on your, uh, go wild app and I'm still learning it myself. So it's for me, I'm just not tech savvy, apparently, that I <laughs> thought I used to be. As you know, I'm trying to put posts on everything, and I'm, I think I've only got about 640 points right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a whole different concept. So, like, a lot of times people tell me, like, hey, this is really different. And my response is, like, well, yeah, that's a good thing. You know, like, nobody, if we had gone out and colored a Facebook copy and colored it camo or orange, it would have yeah. failed because we can't out Facebook Facebook. So when we built Go Wild, we said, what are the things that were really important to us? What is What do we want to build in that you can't get elsewhere? And that's where the forums come in. Uh, it's more visual forums. You know, when you're mm -hmm. scrolling through your trail mix, you're seeing all the forums you follow. We call them trails. So the, the trails, you know, you're subscribing to learn about that type of content. And there's about 70 or 80 different trails you can follow. We have, yeah. we have more from time to time. Uh, but, you know, the these... There's this concept of a home screen on Go Wild. That is where you have your direct messages, your notifications, and your rewards. So your rewards come from posting. Um, you know, when yeah. you post and tag gear, or when you tag a, when you post a trophy, that's where the big points come in. So if you post last year's deer, you'll get somewhere between 250 and 450 points, probably. Yeah. Um, depending on how much information you put in, and the app is looking at things like you know if if it knows that if you used a bow. For a 50-yard shot, that's a harder shot than a rifle at 50 yards, right? So it accounts for stuff like that. And then mm -hmm. all of the, the points, um, you know, go into rewards. 
And uh, those rewards, you're kind of like leveling up like a video game. You know, if you hit a thousand, you'll you'll unlock a new reward. I don't know what that is off the top of my head because they change all the time. Yeah. But you might unlock a sticker, or you might unlock ten percent off, or twenty percent off, or five dollar gift cards. And so you you know it, you it's a pretty cool. Like I don't know of any other, and I've done the research. There's no other platform out there that like anywhere, not just hunting that where your social content and your purchases, cause you get points for purchasing too. There's nowhere that combines those two things into one platform. So, you know, it's a pretty cool journey, um, for the yeah. member because the, as more, the more you engage, the more the app literally gives back to you. Nice. Yeah. Right now I'm right, right here. I'm just going to be posting something that I just, uh, had my next, this episode of the my podcast came out today because it's a bi-weekly and I'll be saying get where your podcasts are at and everything. And I figure, see what you think if I, I do it right. So I put down uh, the description of the podcast, I put the image and I don't have a link tree yet set up so people can link on it like a couple of the guys I know. So, yeah. I'm asking you to help me out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then I clicked and found podcasts and yep. after I was done pushing and then it's, and I actually unlocked a new reward. Yep. Cause you're logging time. So one thing that's cool, um, is this, is this on video or is no. it, okay. Yeah, so we're... I'm showing you then you can see yep. there's all these podcasts and you can actually search there. So if you search for your show or uh, pretty much any show that's on Apple sh should come up there if you search for it. You can actually log that you're listening to the hunting public or this podcast or meat eater or our podcast. You know, we have two podcasts that'll show up there. And yeah. when you log those, you're going to get, it pulls in the graphic, it pulls in the title and it pulls in how long the show was. And you get points for that, which what's really cool is like you're getting something for sharing what you learned from this show. So you'll see a lot of people, uh, Derek tolls is one of my favorite guys to see his podcast logs. Cause he's really good about talking about what he learned or disagreed with on an episode or liked about an episode. Yeah. And I find a lot of episodes that like, I want to hear that show because I see what people are sharing on go wild. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to, where to find my podcast on the uh, app too. So, so where do yeah. I, how would I on, do that? So if you hit the plus button and hit log time, it'll pull up an activity screen and then okay. uh, you can type outdoor podcast. And then it pulls up a screen that says select podcast. So you could type your podcast name. Okay. And once you type that out, it should show up. You might have to type out the whole thing. Yeah. I was trying to do the instant thing and it didn't want to do that. Yeah. I see it here. So it pulls up your show. Um, it looks like you, your last show was May 26. It says for the Sportsman's Alliance, right? Yep. Yeah. So that, so I've got your feed there, so you can log any of any of your shows on there. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So what that does, it also for podcasters, it helps get the word out about their shows. So a lot of guys will say, "Hey, make sure you log this on Go Wild." Um, that way, they're self-promoting, you know, for you. Nice. Yeah, I'm completely illiterate, phone illiterate, apparently, because I... Well, that's a new concept, man. I mean, a lot of the stuff within Go Wild is, is different uh, for a reason. I mean, our audience loves podcasts, so we built this to that, uh, from a need. You know, people were sharing podcasts they were listening to anyway, so we made it easier for them to be able to search this, and now you get points for it, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm trying to find it still, and apparently, I really do not. I'm not. I'm not phone illiterate. I'm just gonna look for it later. Then. Yeah, cause... yeah. You and I can. I can help you find it later. You can send me some screenshots of what you're seeing, and I'll walk you through it. Yeah, and I also I got messages right from about five months ago on here from you actually on the messaging thing, saying, "Hey, I seen you become uh, a member." It says, "Hey, Sean, how's it going? Saw you recently signed up." Now, was that you? Or was that automated? So the first one's automated, and uh, that's because I, I mean I can't send thousands of those a week, right? Like, um, but what's crazy, and I I don't know how long I'll do this. Um, it, it is to a point where it's like it's a lot of time, but I respond back to everybody that asks me a question. So like right now, I just cleared these out last night, and I have seventy three messages that I need to respond to right now. Uh, you can see that I'm not making that up. Oh um, my good yeah, lord! Man. I literally cleared those out last night. So usually I try not to let them get more than a day old. I sometimes do good at that, sometimes not. Um, most of these have been sent in the last twenty four hours. I have a couple. Sometimes people send me more complicated questions, and like I want to give them a good answer, and that'll end up taking me a couple days to like sit down and get ten minutes to message this person. But it's automated. So the first one goes out and then the, the all everything after that is really me. I mean, it is nice. not like somebody I pay to do that for me. It's all really Brad. Um, so sometimes I feel bad because people are like, I messaged you on Go Wild and I'm like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm not going to remember that because I just, there's so many people that are coming into the platform, which is awesome. And we really want to be personable in, in not being Mark Zuckerberg, right? Like I want yeah. to uh, really have a platform that is is approachable and friendly and the anti-Facebook, which is why you probably got messages from other founders too uh, and other yeah. team members. So, you know, but we're really the people that answer that because we want to have a face to our company. That is awesome. And what would you guys doing for, obviously this is a disabled uh, podcast show, so I wanted to know what, uh, what has Go Wild been able to achieve for helping disabled individuals? with your app you know one thing i've seen quite a bit on go wild is people um coming at a at the angle of i'm looking for a guide that could help me uh somebody that might specialize this or a nonprofit that could specialize in this i've seen the platform facilitate a lot of those conversations um i have i've seen a lot of people looking for like places to donate hunts to or things like that i see those conversations happening we haven't specifically worked with, uh, you know, any kind of special efforts on that front, our, like ourselves. It's more of the com the community facilitating that or the platform to be facilitating that to be possible, right? Our focus um, from a nonprofit standpoint that we've worked with directly has been with Raising My Doors. It's a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, shoot, um, you know, pretty much all of your outdoor skills. It's a three-day mm -hmm. camp. And so we get to get kids out. We try to fund a couple camps a year is our goal. Uh, we donate 1% of our profits into this camp. So when you buy something from us, it's going into them. Um, we, so we don't have, I don't have like a specific thing that we've done, but I've seen the platform facilitate some pretty cool opportunities for people uh, who have asked about like, Hey, I'm in Texas and I would like an opportunity for someone that, uh, you know, might, might have some challenges in getting out. Uh, you know, here's, here's what I'm dealing with. Who would you yeah. guys recommend? And, you know, it's pretty cool to see, somebody gets seven answers or 10 answers on something like that. Yeah. That actually is something I was interested in because I, I was talking to a bunch of guys earlier and we, 
I have another guy I was talking to in my first episode, actually, I was talking to a guy about uh, adaptive archery equipment. And he was, he had to search forums. He had to go all through this stuff. They're not outdoors ish in a way, but they, you know, they do competitive shooting and his wife yeah. can't use one arm. And so he had to piece it, mail it all together by himself. And with this app and the community around him being able to showcase these things it pretty much did what, like you said, it facilitated it for you, in a, and it uh, gave them, gave people ability to find the answers they need. Yeah, because I've been looking everywhere for answers on disabled outdoorsmen in a media setting, and there's like slim pickings on that. I mean, you can't barely find any of us. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was looking on Facebook and couldn't find anything google instagram barely has anything on it and it's like yeah we're, we're a dime a dozen and then you come to go wild and it's you can probably find them all there that's so, so your your buddy did find help on go wild uh no he did not it was before okay. go wild started so. oh, okay yeah so you're, you're kind of calling out that that was the challenge yeah if yeah. i were going to post you know so the challenge is if i were to make a forum to where that was the topic you guys would talk about. It limits, until we get enough traction, it limits your exposure. Because if, if the forum only has 100 followers, you're, yeah. you're not going to get much traction. What I always tell people is like, look, on something like that, post it into general hunting. There's just a flat out, like everything hunting forum. And, you know, that's where you're going to get the most engagement on something like that. Uh, that, that forum's got 150,000 people in, uh, in it. And that's, you know, you think of a Facebook group that's that size. It's really powerful, yeah. right? Like you're going to get a lot of people, a lot of action on that. So uh, I always tell people, you know, to to um, post into the larger forums in hopes that somebody sees it. And a lot of times if it starts to get traction, it'll go popular. We have some metrics that kind of look for that kind of stuff. And it'll even get sent out to the app as a trending post. You've probably seen some of those come through on your push notifications. Yeah. Um, so sometimes that can be a big lift, too. And I literally was able to just find my own podcast. Ah, we got it. All right. Yeah, right. I told you it was there. Yeah, I, I think need... my phone was just having a meltdown. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, ex- what is it that you are hoping to achieve in growth with your company and your app? Uh, do you mean in terms of like volume or impact? I'd like to go with both. Yeah. So, I mean... Volume wise, there are 15 million hunters in the United States. There's fishing is it's all over the place. I mean, there's as many as like 40 to 60 million anglers, um, 102 million people. This was a 2016 study, but there's 102 million people that do something closely related to uh, hunt fish camp. So um, that's a softer side. It's not necessarily hunting directly. It could be uh, you know mountain biking, hiking, camping. I don't think we'll we'll ever like be on that granola side of that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Our app is a little it, part of the benefit of Go Wild is that we are a place where you can share your more raw moments of hunting. I just talked to Bo Martonic on his podcast yesterday about this. Of our goal is to allow you to share a post that might not be understood very well on Facebook. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we understand that animals get shot that have long blood trails and you know that things go wrong and you can Mm -hmm. share that with context within our community but if we if we were to try to get you know your more granola hikers into that conversation 
they may not understand it as well. So I don't think our goal, our goal is not to have that hundred million number using the platform. Yeah. Our goal is to be as big as we can within that space of, of the, the 15 million hunters and the 60 million anglers. We'll never get them all. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, as we scale, like meaningfully for us, I care more about like, instead of owning everything, i care more about like, at what point do we become a successful, profitable business where I have enough to where I can give back to our community and give a meaningful product, which I think we do really well right now. But yeah. you know, we're still in that startup phase where I'm still trying to work out all the kinks of running a business, right? And you know, the last two years with COVID and now this recession and the stock market, you know, taking a dump every day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all this stuff impacts how we have to run things. You know, uh, the price of gas, if, if if things you don't think about as a consumer, but if yeah. gas doubles in price for for uh, just at the pumps, it's going to affect my business. I'm going to now have to pay more for shipping. That's the obvious thing. Shipping's going to cost oh, yeah. more, but then it's going to cost more for raw materials to be shipped. So your products are eventually going to get more expensive. Inflation yeah. is going to go up even more, right? That's going to impact us. So like the first thing for us is to figure out how much of that audience do we need to serve to where the company's healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say what that is on a podcast, but like, that's what I look at as success. Um, right. From the impact side, I think like my goal for Go Wild is to build a long tenured business that continues to help people like I was in that position I was in 20, mm-hmm. you know, 14 to 16, where I'm like, my God, whitetail hunting is so hard. This is so miserable. Why do I do this to myself? I just want to be able to ask somebody and get into this. We facilitate that faster than any platform on the planet. I, I fully believe that in my heart. I think that we've built a platform that if you want to get into fly fishing or, or bass fishing or, or whatever it is, you can get on our platform and learn from people really quickly. That's what like the most meaningful thing of scale for me is building a, a place that can exist and stay and teach people. Um, you know, that's how I measure success for the most part. I love seeing um, people posting on uh, the platform about, hey, I did this and tagging so-and-so who taught me how to do it. You know, um, you know, uh, so-and-so, I bought a handmade turkey call off Tom and uh, here I am with my turkey from uh, after he gave me some tips. You know, those, those are the story like that. Those stories more than any metric uh, are super meaningful to me. Now, when you were getting your uh, numbers for percentages on populations for hunting and fishing, where did you exactly go for that? So I know the hunting, I, that's reported pretty much anywhere from the U.S. Fish mm. and Wildlife numbers. The, the yeah. fishing numbers are trickier um, because fishing doesn't require a license at a certain point, and you have yeah. to look at the numbers. I, I can't remember. I think it's 40 million people fished um it, it prior to covid um yeah. but the the challenge of that is like under 16 adds tons of volume on on who fishes right like my seven-year-old could be counted in that right so yeah. um i don't even know what the latest numbers are because it changed so much uh in from 2020 on <laughs> yeah i know my i got my fishing license this year and i'm hoping to take my own seven-year-old out well nice. he'll be eight He'll be eight in a month. Nice. I just Googled it and uh, the American Sport Fishing Association, the ASA, which is pretty much, I mean, they, they do a ton of research on this and uh, they say there's 60 million anglers 
And uh, at least 46 million of those are active in any given year. So there you go. Yeah. Now, I was thinking about this. What would be the percentage of hunters that you would estimate off your top of your head that are disabled? You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question. And I don't know how to even find that data because I doubt it exists. That is interesting. I read somewhere and I could never find it again of a percentage of hunters, actually outdoorsmen in general, I think it was, that I think it was like saying 40%. They're the largest uh, subgenre or uh, group of people that in the outdoor community, you know, like the largest minority of mm. people in the outdoor community, yet they have one of the smallest footprints in the outdoor community. Mm. That's what I was hearing, but I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the trick with tracking that is it would yeah. have to be a third party survey because that's not something that fish and wildlife agencies track. And yeah. that's where the most of the hunting data comes from. Now, there's probably groups that have better insights into that. Um, you know, I, a Trinity Oaks comes to mind. I think they do some work in Texas with with uh, hunters, um, disabled hunters, you know, so they, yeah. they may have some better insight into that. But that's an interesting question. And that's where, it, as you've mentioned, it's kind of tough, um, you know, w without those kind of data captures, it's kind of tough to find that information. Yeah. And so... It's just trying to figure out what exactly it is and where it is, but hey, that's just part of what it is. You know, Black Rifle really. Coffee is doing a lot of really cool um, things right now with empowering, um, you know, wounded veterans and, and working with that crowd you're talking about. They yeah. may have some nonprofits that they work with that would be have those kind of numbers. It might be something to dig into. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. And next. Hey, I've been trying to find that number exact for a while. I've messaged several outdoor media groups, and they say, I don't know where to find that number. I don't know where to find this information. And and that's the thing about it is that you're trying to find information on disability in the outdoors, and you've got so many nonprofit groups. And, I mean, I literally interviewed a guy who's starting up his own nonprofit recently. Mm -hmm. And there's these groups, but they don't have exact numbers to go off of. And I believe it, it could be 40% or less or whatnot, but it there, we have a small footprint in this community and I want to be able to grow that and be part of that growth. Like you are yeah. part of your transitional growth and making the apps. So like you and I could be talking here or I can find my podcast or somebody yeah. else can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 40% almost seems high to me, but yeah. I don't know. I'm, I have no, no clue really. Yeah. But I believe that that was something I've been just been searching for, for a while. Now, what are the things that can you do on your, the uh, go wild app? So I kind of mentioned a second ago of connecting with people near you, but if you're on your app and you pull it out and look at the trail mix and tap trail mix up top, uh, yep. that's going to open up your navigation. So you can tap into any of those topics. Let's just say, um, let's say fly fishing right now. So if I go into fly fishing and I hit the, the radar button that shows up top, mm -hmm. the first post now that came up is from an account here in Kentucky. There's one in Ohio, another in Ohio, Indiana. <sighs> 
Um, so it's pulling within 150 miles of me and also in my state. So the really cool thing that's going on here is that, uh, you know, I can now connect with people who are going to like, obviously fly fishing varies region to region, right? Mm -hmm. uh, bass fishing, even though the same species, you know, you want to talk to the locals to see what they're doing. Turkey hunting, uh, you know, are the, are the turkeys, you know, in full swing and, and breeding yet? You know, you want to talk to locals when you have those questions. Um, that near me feature is super cool. Uh, the ability to post a trophy is really neat. We have 250 some species in the app that you can log. We add more all the time. Um, yeah. so if you hit the plus sign, you can hit enter a trophy that gets you points. Um, and then we do have the shop feature, which is uh, really grown in popularity. And it's really what we see as the future of the business from, from the monetization standpoint. Obviously, um, running an app means that we have a team of developers and marketers uh, who create content and build the app. So we, we have to yeah. make money. I always tell people, I got to make money as a business or I can't have this app for you, right? And the yeah. way we're, we're doing that is selling uh, gear. And there are some advertisements on the platform. But when you go into the shop tab, you can actually search by category or you can search by product. And when you get to, uh, like, if you look up the Garmin Instinct, this is one of uh, the, the first gen because the new one just came out. So we don't have a lot of data on it yet. What's yeah. really cool about Go Wild is as people tag content, it lives on that, that page of that product now. So you can actually see how people are using a product in the outdoors. Uh, you know, this product has uh, 543 posts that have tagged to it. There's 160 some members that have tagged this product. Uh, there are 62 setups on here, 32 reviews. So it's, it's like a really robust experience for, for shopping. So you can actually see how people are looking at this product. Yeah. That is a nice watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. Those, those things are awesome. I haven't had a watch in a while, so. Oh, it even. Oh, uh, dude. I'll... Wow. Go ahead. Uh, I was looking at the, uh points to uh my how many points i need to purchase it uh for this purchase to unlock rewards oh yeah so uh, it's yeah. actually showing you how many like if you buy that you'll get x amount of points because because of the dollar amount so that's what it's showing you when, when you pull that up there oh wow yeah that's about 1700 points for me yeah that would boost my score very well yep that's <laughs> nice me yeah because the next reward 700 points from now. So that's actually cool. I mean, you know, to get rewards and points from buying this stuff. So, yeah. And again, the rewards, you know, right now I have a reward for $50 off a speaker. So you can see here what that looks like. Um, you know, $50 off. If I hit apply that, it's going to take me to my shopping cart and I can get that speaker deal. Now, uh, with the uh, uh, discounts and whatnot, I was seeing it on the first place that it actually has an expiration date on those discounts too. You can't just keep storing them up to use them. Yeah, that's right. Um, and we have to do that from a business perspective. It obviously becomes a liability if you have too many people out there with sitting on $50 deals. Um, so they have to have some kind of timeline on them. Um, but Extreme also, you coupons. know, yeah, right, right. So you're like, I don't, I don't want somebody unloading on us with, with, uh, you know, gift cards and whatnot. Um, so, so that stuff has to have some kind of timeline on it. Yeah, that's actually understandable. I, I could see it, but like going to maybe ten bucks max. But yeah, uh, yeah. After a while, it's like 
you know, you should have just posted more and that way you could have gotten more off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly, if you, if you come back and share often, you're actually going to build up points a lot faster than it seems, you know, um, yeah. the, we have people on the platform that have hit a hundred thousand points. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I've seen a couple of, uh, high ringers, but I think I've only seen guys in 10,000 range so far. So uh, they're out there. Um, I've got 30,000 plus, but I've obviously been on there since the very beginning. Um, yeah. but Jim Litwin is a hardcore bass angler and, uh, you know, Jim, Jim has racked up, uh, more than a hundred thousand points on the platform and, you know, he, he fishes a lot. So he's logging all of his fish on, onto his profile. Yeah. So who knows? I might be able to get up there someday, but <laughs> and get start some... logging, man. Yep. Now, uh, I wanted to ask this question. Do you guys do sponsorships on anything or is that just you're just straight up the app and that's it. No, we sponsor stuff. We have a, a marketing team that works with certain podcasters. Um, we, we don't do like the normal, you know, hashtag sponsored for just influencers. That's not how we roll. Yeah. We, we work with um, several different podcasters like Bo Martonic um, and, you know, really um, help, uh, sponsoring those guys, but more of like creating content for us. So Bo writes for us, for example, um, you know, that's more of how we do it usually. Um, and, and we like the podcast space. I mean, you know, ha finding shows that are, are growing really quickly and doing well, uh, my team will review those opportunities as they come up and, mm -hmm. um, you know, that that's mostly where our sponsorships lie. Okay. So for me, and I'm just using my podcast as an example here, uh, if I were to go to your marketing team, so I'd have to email the marketing team, not you directly. <laughs> Yeah, and then say, "Hey, could I get see about getting this? What would be the steps I would need to take then?" Yeah, that's a great question. So the the team typically is looking at um, your growth. You know, what kind of volume that that you're doing on your per episode and then per month. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing we like is finding podcasters who write. So you know, if you write articles, that's something we we like to see. Uh, typically you need to have a media kit that you'll ship over, you know, kind of packages all this up for us so we can make a apples to apples decision against other shows that we're looking at. Cause we get, we get hit up a lot for sponsorships. Um, yeah, I get a lot of r random kids who message me and like, can you sponsor me? And it's, no, we don't do that. We don't sponsor just random people and give them money. Uh, yeah. but, but podcasters we like, um, you know, and, and there's, a, there's probably other stuff I'm not thinking of, but that's one place space that we play really heavy in yeah i'm still learning how to make a media kit so <laughs> I'm, I'm working on that one so you don't have to worry about me on there <laughs> this is all homegrown from my perspective so yeah well your media kit you got to have who you're talking to as much information as you know about your audience what do they like to do uh how old are they if you have that kind of information where do they live um mm -hmm. you want to have a little bit about your show you know uh who are your biggest guests you've had on um how often is your show release? You want to have your download volume on there. You want to have package options. That's the other thing. You don't want to just give people wide open, like, what would you pay? We like to be told what we can get. I don't want to come mm -hmm. out and tell you how to sell your show. Like, that's your job, right? I'm buying. I can't yep. buy it. I can't buy it and sell it. So, you know, we yep. like to see options of, like, you can get four shows for this price or, uh, or 10 for this price or whatever it is, you know, okay, all so, kinds of ways you can cut those packages up, but strategically, okay, yeah. you want to have at least three because there's a psychology in pricing anything. 
where you want a lower cost, a mid cost, and a high cost. And the high cost should be stupid high. Oh, and, of course. And then, and then you what what you're doing is psychologically, people will say that middle thing is a good deal. They're going to buy the middle thing almost every time. Mm-hmm. So you low bought like so the three tier package is for obviously advertising per episode if you want to and. You'll get this, so I'd say low ball be okay. I'm gonna sell it for a hundred dollars low ball and five hundred high balling. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the range is, you know, and, yeah. and it depends on you know at a certain point with your podcast, you got to figure out like this uh, CPM, which is cost per thousand, basically yeah. thousand downloads. The, the so, miles per thing. Yeah, so like the bigger your show is, the higher that number can be. And so you yeah. got to know what that variable is too. It gets. It sounds complicated, but it's really not. You know, for most podcasters, you're going to go with that like twenty to thirty dollar range per thousand downloads. Um, so it's like it takes a while to really even be able to get up to a point where you can price it um, yeah. for, for a lot of shows. But like once you get there, I always tell people like my advice for content creators who are growing and in that space like you, you know, your sub thirty shows, you're kind of figuring out who your voice is, what who your guests are going to be. If you worry too much about getting sponsored early, you're going to focus on the wrong things. The things that are going to make your show grow, which is the mm-hmm. most important thing, is not you know getting $100 from a sponsor. You want yeah. to really focus on quality content and getting that content out in as many channels as possible. You want to you want to you know put it out on Facebook and Instagram obviously that you have a new show, but you you should be looking at TikTok, you should be looking at YouTube and trying to figure out how to get your show's voice onto those other platforms because now You've diversified, and you might add five new listeners to show uh, on Facebook, but then you get twelve new ones on TikTok every show, and it all compounds. That's what it's all about: is like slow compounding growth over time. Yeah, I don't even have a TikTok. That's the scary part. <laughs> you can pick whatever platform you want. It could be YouTube. I'm just kind of throwing out yeah. examples of how how it what kind of how the game is played. Well, I do believe. Well, I they're not obviously visually recorded right now because that's not the package i paid for <laughs> but uh you could still possibly put in the audio on youtube and yeah you can just, still do it yeah and, and even if it gets 50 views you know at a certain point you got to start somewhere and build up from there so yeah well uh, from what i was able to tell one of my podcasts is obviously i'm still small and growing i had about 44 views on one so yeah, I mean, dude, everybody starts out from somewhere. So, you know, you just got to keep at it. The one thing I always tell people is, you know, cons- consistency is the best way to grow. You know, people mm-hmm. that do their podcast for a while and then take a month off and then come back and do eight episodes and then take a, two weeks off. Your listeners can never get in a rhythm with you. And that's what it's all yeah. about. Yeah, I'm. that's why I set it up. It's like biweekly. And I just like this week I've done. Uh, to an interview Tuesday, an interview Wednesday, and then you came out Thursday and interviewed <laughs> me, and I, I interviewed you. Sorry, I guess I got up at three this morning, so I'm having a fun day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get being brain dead at five forty here, uh, and I've been at it for a while too. So, yeah. So, is there anything that you wanted to plug? Uh, uh, you know, one thing I'll mention. Well, actually, where are you based? I don't even. We I, I didn't figure that out. I'm from Northeast Indiana near Fort Wayne. Okay, so you're close to us. So I'll plug. Um, we're doing this cool thing called Send It Slam. So uh, you may have seen it on Go Wild. Um, it's it's turning out to be this awesome party. Basically, uh, we we have an archery competition, and 
The archery competition will kick off uh, at sunrise. It'll be, it's kind of like a total archery challenge type thing. You know, come out, shoot 25 uh, 3D targets. Um, mm-hmm. You can you can shoot with friends. You can all, all, you know, book your tickets together, have certain knock times that, that you'll run. Um, uh, those tickets are 75 bucks, but it comes with the concert, which I'm going to tell you about. Uh, we've got this whole thing packaged together. So it's an archery competition. It's a country music concert. It's, uh, food trucks. It's, it's, uh, craft beer. There's going to be brands there that you'll know when I start to list off some of them. And the, the music festival side is going to take place on the Louisville waterfront. And so, um, you know, we're basically when COVID sucked, right? Like we, we couldn't Mm -hmm. do meetups anymore. We couldn't see people and, we came out of that and said, we really want to get back to doing live events. And we decided to throw this massive party. And so the, uh, you know, we're expecting hopefully between 500 and 1500 people at this thing. Um, we've got five Kentucky songwriters that are going to perform. Nice. Um, we are going to do a live, uh, podcast at the show, uh, like at lunchtime, starting at noon. Um, we'll do like a Q and a with, with our founders, um, and I don't know who's going to moderate that yet. I'm still working on getting a guy down here to do that. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. but that's going to be really fun. And then the bands will start at two. Uh, I've got two of Kentucky's best breweries that are going to be here serving beer. Uh, liquid death mountain water is the official water of send it slam. Yeah, I just well, saw that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, black rifle coffee company has, uh, came in. This is being announced probably tomorrow. Um, they're going to be the presenting sponsor of Send It Slam. So they're, they're going to have a, a big presence there uh, with, with their cold drinks, um, which is going to be awesome for hot, hot weather in, in Kentucky in July. Um, yeah. they, we'll, we'll have a bunch of other brands there. Bear Archery has sponsored the entire archery component of that, and they're going to be giving away a bow to someone mm-hmm. uh, from the archery competition. We're going to be giving away – I, I don't know how much total volume of prizes, but they'll probably be like seven or eight thousand dollars of the prizes given out. Um, and what else is going on? Uh, I mean, I think that really like covers it. It is a full day festival, and you don't have to do the archery side. In fact, most people won't. There's only going to be about a hundred tickets available for that. Um, yeah. And then the the concert side, it's thirty bucks a ticket, twelve and under get in free. Um, Five dollars of that ticket goes to that nonprofit I was talking about with raising my doors. They're going to be there teaching kids archery and then the boy scouts will be there teaching kids marksmanship with bb guns so you know really a family friendly event and so we'll have a bunch of local uh uh brands there there'll be some like a gun ky gun co is going to be there set up uh you know with uh, getting to meet some customers so really just trying to build a uh family friendly really fun experience for anybody that wants to come hang out in louisville for the weekend um you know uh, the the city itself is awesome to visit if you guys have never been there if you're if you're into bourbon we've got the most bourbon you'll ever see in your life um if you're not into bourbon and you just like good food that's totally okay too because we have some of the best food in the country and you don't have to take my word on that like chicago magazine southern living have all named louisville one of the best food towns over the last five years um it nice. is phenomenal. When I travel, I'm actually like disappointed with restaurants all the time because we're so <laughs> spoiled here. Um, so it's a great vacation city. Just come in and spend a few days or, or spend one day, you know. And so slam.com yep. for those tickets. And uh, I hope to meet a few of your, your guests there. Yeah. Uh, what day is Send It Slam? I wasn't able to f- see that. July 9th. 
it's it's July 9th, so it's coming up. Um, That's literally gonna... three days after my birthday. Oh, well, come celebrate your birthday with us. No kidding. Not to mention Louisville's literally, a, what, a four-hour, maybe yeah. a two, three, four-hour drive? Not, not bad at all. Uh, yeah, I, I, you can't I, be I, too I, much more than four hours because I can get to Chicago in five. So Yeah, and I just head through Indy anyways, so yeah, I can get to Indy in an hour and a half. So Okay, you're three hours away then. Yeah, wife and I were wanting to go camping this year anyway, so I figured, what the heck? Yeah. You could try that. You said it's yeah. $25 a ticket or $75? Uh, it's, it's $30 a ticket for the general admission. Yeah. Uh, kid, kids 12 and under get in free. The general admission gets you into the, the brands. You come meet Black Rifle. You can come uh, see the concert. You can get all the beer, the food trucks, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to do the archery side, it's $75. $5 of those tickets also goes to the, the camp. Okay. And then there's a VIP ticket if people wanted to go that route. You really don't need to do that unless you just want to be able to get into a, a, a – there's a tent that will be there to kind of get out of the sun. And then there's a private bar. Um, and then you get a show poster. We have a really cool show poster that we're going to be releasing here next week. Yeah. I'd be Most likely we'd just be driving down and yeah. doing the general uh, – Yeah, general admission is going to be a great way to go. I mean, honestly, like you don't need to – to really pile it on. And in fact, I'll tell your group here, if you use code buddy five, like B U D D Y five, the, the, the number five, you can actually save five bucks on those tickets. So that's sweet. I'll definitely remember that too. Cause I need to, <laughs> but it, it'd be great. Cause then I can message you on go wild and see if you'll actually respond. I, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of people at this thing. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, I'll see you at Slim, Send It Slam. And I'm like, I'll be the crazy guy running around because I'm sure we're going to be working our butts off. Our team's going to be working. Um, but I, I do, I will say like that 12 to 2 o'clock time, I'm really hoping to like slow down, be able to get on stage, do a live podcast, do some Q&As mm-hmm. with, with members and stuff. I'm um, really trying to make it about the members at that time. And then we're going to, you know, after that, we're going to get into the the music and everything. And we're just going to have a good time together. Oh, yeah. Now, is all the food paid for in the ticket or you have to pay for it yourself? Yeah, you'll, you'll have to pay for it yourself. So I know this, the, the tickets are, you know, that's going towards the donation. You know, okay. pulling yep. this thing off is, is expensive. Uh, it's kind of crazy that we're doing this. We have no idea what we're doing. We're just basically making it up as we go. Uh, but the, the food trucks will be there. You know, you're going to be looking at between seven and twelve dollars a meal on on that kind of stuff. So it's not, not too bad. bad. And they're really good. You know, these are good local food trucks. We we picked the best of the best to be there. Yeah, I've uh, had recently had a stint of buying for you know family food night. We went to Panera Bread and I paid fifty bucks for it all. So. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. No man, food costs are going up. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. And remember, everyone. Stay adaptive.